Are you happy in your business? Now, I have had my share of emotional ups and downs in my 20 years of being a solo entrepreneur coach. And the patterns I've seen in myself and in my clients is that those downs are usually when I was personally feeling unfulfilled. Sometimes it was because a launch that flopped and sometimes it was just life and had nothing to do with business. But those ups, oh boy, those are the times when I was feeling my most authentic and completely aligned to my purpose or when I just felt like I was rocking that work-life balance. I would be thinking, I could do this all day long and never feel tired. One of my loves is sharing what works for me and what has been working for my clients to achieve this very feeling, full of passion, happiness, peace, and freedom. So I decided to create a private podcast for coaches. Maybe you just want to develop better communication skills that boosts engagement, leads to better results, and makes you feel like you're actually making a difference in the lives of the people you serve. Then you're invited too. We talk about this and more in the UBU private podcast for coaches. Whether you're a mentor, a parent, or run a client-focused business, coaching skills benefit everyone and anyone who wants to communicate in a way that builds relationships. Fall in love with your life and business again. Click the link in the show notes for your invitation to join us right now. Then come back and enjoy this episode. Surprise! Well, you guys have been demanding this, so I'm airing a bonus episode this week. This is a replay of the Jen and the Enneagram live show. It's the episode that's entitled Core Motivations and Countertypes. And if you're looking for the cheat sheet that I refer to in the episode, go to powercoachgen.com and click on the secrets to Enneagram typing, and you can download it there for free. And I'll also link it in the show notes. So I hope you enjoy this episode. It's time to stop comparing yourself to others and plug in to what is uniquely you. Welcome to Unbox Your Personality, the podcast for coaches, parents, and mentors like you who understand that your happiness makes you more effective at what you do, bringing out the best in others. I'm Jen Higgins, personality strategist and Enneagram fluff remover. Get laser focused on who you are and who you aren't, so you're free to make the impact you were born to make and have fun doing it. Your personality is your business, so... Let's get down to business. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, welcome to Lunchtime Live with Jen and the Enneagram. I'm Jen P. Higgins. P stands for personality coach and your favorite Enneagram ninja. I am here every Tuesday at noon to help you stop taking personality personally so you can start unpacking the gift that is you. Today, we are talking about the core motivations of each type. And this might be a refresher for you, but stick around if this is old hat for you because I'm going to add in a twist about countertypes. Um, and maybe countertypes is old hat for you, but to me, it's never, it never really gets old to talk about these different 
nuances of how the different numbers can be confusing if we are just looking at behaviors. And so are you tired of me saying that or hearing me say that? Because I say it a lot because it's true and I want everybody to know. I will shout it from the rooftops. The Enneagram is about your motivations. It is not about your behaviors. Of course, your behaviors play a part in it because behaviors are really what make up our personality. But the Enneagram profiling system is all based off of your motivations. So I am going to be talking off of my Enneagram cheat sheet. Hopefully you you have gotten this. If not, um, this is a freebie that you can get with the workshop. Um, as soon as you enroll in it, you will be able to down download that worksheet. So anyway, um, let's go ahead and talk about the core motivations of each type, starting with the eight. And then when I say core motivations, that can broken de- be broken down into two different categories. The, the type's core desires and the type's core fear. Those are the things that motivate us. We either are wanting to go towards something that we desire or we want to move away from something that we fear. That is what I'm talking about when I talk about core motivations. So for the eight, the desire, the core desire is to be strong. And the core fear is to be controlled. Um, And these are just the big words that I pulled out for my cheat sheet. Uh, Those are the big, the main words that resonate with most, most eights. But if that doesn't resonate with you, there's different variations and, and secondary motivations. And if you are an eight, if you identify as an eight and that doesn't speak to you, it could be one or two reasons. Either you're not really an eight. Um, which doesn't occur often with hates. Hates usually know. <laughs> Either you're not an eight or you might be a counter type. And that may not resonate with you right off the bat. And some extra digging might need to happen to see what what is buried down into the center of your pearl, that grain of sand in the center of your pearl. The eights are in the red triad. And so this desire to be strong is primarily fixated in their body. So you'll actually see eights that um, are very active. Um, maybe they like to CrossFit. Maybe they like, they just like to be um, active in general uh, because that makes them feel physically strong. Now they want to be strong minded as well. They want to be um, strong, like tough like tough love, that strong hearted as well. Because remember, no matter what triad we land in, we're all three. We're all human. Humans have a brain, humans have a heart, and humans have a body. And so we're all gut, mind, and heart. Uh, it's just the one that we're fixated on that determines our triad. All right. So that's, that's the eight. The nine's core desire is to be at peace, to maintain harmony in their environment and inside their body so and how it impacts their body and their core fear is to be disconnected that is a physical disconnection but it's also an emotional disconnection as well they tend to believe that their presence doesn't matter and so that's something that they fear and so by maintaining the peace or becoming a peacemaker or a peacekeeper or that is a 
physical impact of keeping this connection together. The next number in the red triad is the one. And the one's core desire is to be good, maybe even perfect, maybe even use the word right. Um, this The anger that they have is a righteous anger, but they they desire things to be good. And if they see something that is less than perfect or less than good, this makes them angry. I mean, it's usually usually an undercurrent of anger. It's not something that you will see on their faces. It's almost like a grin and bear it type anger. And their core fear is of being bad, making a mistake, um, or being corrupted. And they feel this in their bodies. So remember the red triad is the gut triad, the body triad. Their emotional continuum is anger. Um, they are moved by impact and their, their initial response is to resist. Um, and usually with their bodies. So it might be literally like for an eight, it might be fighting words. Okay. And, and, and maybe they're resisting wanting to punch somebody in the face. <laughs> um, and for a nine, it's a lot of times it's just re- resisting, resisting chaos, resisting life because life is chaotic. Right. And so a lot of times it can look like just this resistance of, of anything for a nine, um, anything that might disrupt that peace, that inner peace. And then for a one, the resistance would be it actually sometimes is the resistance to correct, the resistance to criticize other people. So they're they're really critical of themselves first. And so when they become critical of others, it's a spilling over. Um, and so that's that's something that they're conscious of, that they see that something is wrong, but they may resist correcting it. They want to, though. Until it spills over. (laughs) Okay, so the next triad is the green triad. And the green triad is our heart triad. Their emotional continuum is shame. And they're scanning the world for image and wanting to impress. I have this little card. Remember this card from way back when, when I started? (laughs) Um, They are fixated on making an impression. And a lot of times it's some sort of exaggeration. And when I say exaggeration, that I mean, it could be like a grandiose exaggeration or it could be a stepping down, like um, trying to trying to minimize shame or trying to minimize um, like their image or, or whatnot. So for the two, the two's core desire is to appear needed and their core fear is appearing selfish and um this is very much an 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 image thing and it's for it's all geared around an emotional need they have it's not just that they they want to feel needed and there's entitlement that they should they should be needed and they should be selfless um because of you know it's the right thing to do that would be the motivation of a one um, for an eight is like it's the it's the adult thing to do it's the protector thing to do but for a two it's an emotional motivation it speaks to their um, identity that their identity is around being needed having that reputation of the go-to person um, 
And then for the three, the desire is to appear successful and the fear is to not appear like a loser. Er, cut. So in the Facebook Live, I actually got distracted and went off on a tangent and didn't address the threes completely. So let me do that now. So the three's core desire to be successful is all around this need to reach accomplishments, to achieve things. And it's around their identity, their very identity. And if they can't achieve, they'll start feeling shame. They'll start being ashamed of themselves and worry about what do other people think about them. Will they like me if I'm not the one achieving things? And the main the main fear is they don't want to be seen as a loser in other people's eyes. This is a lot of the times why sometimes three, when they're unhealthy, will resort to deceit. Because underneath it all, the three is afraid that if they're anything less than the best, if they don't maintain that image, people aren't going to like them. They actually prefer their image over their authentic self. And just like the two, there's an emotional need around this. So usually it's in the average behavior space. This is not a conscious decision. They don't even recognize that they're being, that they are being deceitful. They're just trying to be more comfortable and coping with their fears and their desires. Are you feeling a bit disappointed that you haven't finished that project yet? Are the kids' schedules impacting your business? Or are the demands of your business affecting your relationships at home? Maybe you need a magic formula for that work-life balance before your fire gets so dim or it completely burns out. I've been there. There was a point in my life where I was juggling two businesses and homeschooling and had personal health issues. There was barely time to even connect with myself, much less connect with my husband. When I was finally officially diagnosed with ADHD, I felt like that explained everything. I had a new perspective and started approaching things in a new way. So I created a guide containing 20 tips that I personally use, and they have worked for me for helping me stay on course with my goals. Now, you might not have ADHD, but I bet you can relate to having a million distractions during the day. So if you're ready to stop procrastinating or stop being hard on yourself for missing yet another deadline, self-imposed or not, go ahead and download the guide at powercoachgen.com. If you just find one tip from the list that helps you move forward today, you will be so glad you took the time to read it. Go to powercoachgen.com and download the guide right now. The four's core desire is to appear special and unique or different. And their core fear is to appear ordinary. And this has been a conversation in another Enneagram group that I'm a part of that, um, that I, I think fours can be really, 
I hate to use the word overdiagnosed because I don't like I don't like that term. That's the term that's being used, but I don't like that term as far as personalities go because personalities are self-diagnosed. Um, I just don't like the word diagnosed, I guess. Um, identify how you identify. And of course, you're the only one that's privy to what your number is. And so so somebody was asking like asking fours if they resonate with the childhood message of, of being too much or being too little. And um, my understanding is that fours go to great lengths to be too much or to be too, too little because that middle ground, that ordinary place is what repels them. They don't want to be in that spot. Um, that's what they're afraid of. They're afraid that they're just ordinary. They're just like everybody else. And so they'll go to great lengths to go to one end or the other to be too much or too little um, in order to stand out. So um, so anyway, that is the green triad. And just remember that there is a there's a twinge of shame in for the four being ordinary um, and. The, the shame of a three being a loser, that failure, that's real. I mean, that's what they're in. I mean, we're all afraid of failure. I don't know a person really, if, they, if they're if they honest with themselves, um, isn't afraid to fail at something. Um, I mean, like even even me, the, the forever optimist, I don't want to fail. I don't like to fail mainly because I don't want to have to do it again. <laughs> especially if it's painful. <laughs> but but um, for a three, that's something that they're really fixated on. Um, and what I, what I love about the Enneagram, just to back up a little bit, what I love about the Enneagram is that when you really understand what drives people, your compassion for them, your empathy for them, for people in general, even if you don't know their number, because none of these, none of these are attractive, right? Our, none of our core motivations and, and desires and fears are attractive. And so knowing that everybody has a number and everybody has something that's very deep seated, that's driving them subconsciously to behave the, the, the way they do, the patterns of behavior that they have, that it's so easy to judge other people for their behaviors. And then the Enneagram reminds us that, oh, yeah, we do it, too. We do the same things, but for a different reason. It just it just is wearing different clothes, right? Like we like I have coping behaviors that are annoying to other people, just like other people have coping behaviors that are annoying to me. And we all do it for I mean, not the same reason, but for a reason, a reason that's making us feel safe, a reason that's making us feel loved, a reason that's making us feel comfortable. Um, those those are our are in general our core motivations. So anyway, when got off track there, but the last triad is the blue triad and the blue triad is our mind triad and the um, emotional continuum is fear. And what they're scanning the world for is safety and security. And the initial response to their thoughts is to sort them or to categorize them. Um, that's I I always joke that I think in matrices. So you put you put a chart in front of me, and I can memorize it just like that. 
the numbers in the blue triad are the five, six, and seven. So these are the last ones. The five core desire is to have knowledge, to have data, to collect facts <laughs> and interesting information. And a, and a lot of times there's not an emotionality attached to it, but it's just interesting. Their core fear is to be ignorant of something, to walk into a situation and not know what's going on. Other people, it's not about an image thing. Like they don't need to be, they don't need other people to see them as the smartest one in the room. Um, they literally need to know everything in order to calm their fears. And what's really interesting about fives, because I have some lovely fives in my life, is that they know a lot of stuff and you have no idea how much they know because they're in the withdrawn stance. And so it's not that they're not people people. It's just the majority of the time they collect data by not being with people. They withdraw to do their research and withdraw to observe um, and get information that way. And it's just so much. Okay, so my son's a five, my, my older son, and it just cracks me up at how much he knows just by observing and listening. And I make assumptions all the time that he doesn't know about something and he's extremely smart. I'll never forget. There was a conference that we went to and he's pretty quiet. It was a transition conference and we sat in the social media class module, whatever it is. We're on the student track. And so I sat in with him on social media and it was all about safe social media use. So two surprising things. I found out how much he knew about social media. He pretty much took over the class because he kept raising his hand and correcting the teacher. <laughs> and she kept going, oh, wow, I didn't know that. I mean, not correcting. He wasn't rude about it. He was enhancing the conversation by giving more information that he knew because she she wasn't telling the entire story of how to be safe. And I'm looking at him like I didn't know all this because he wasn't on social media. He doesn't have a Facebook account. He doesn't have an Instagram account. He doesn't he like he's not on like those main social medias, but he is on Steam. He is on YouTube. Um, but the funny thing is that his teacher, who um, is, is kind of like a case manager for him, so spends a great deal of time with him at school, was also in that class and just looked over him, jaw dropped, and was just, I've never, in, in three years, I've never heard him talk that much and that confidently. And so that's just kind of a fun fact about fives. Um, they can be kind of quiet, but then you get them started on a topic of interest and they they kind of um, vomit facts on you. <laughs> and it, it can be a little overwhelming. Anyway, so the next type is this type six and their core desire is to have guidance. Um, where the one has the inner critic, the six has like the inner committee. And so they're very aware, very empathetic 
to different people's points of views and they want to have feedback from those different points of views in order to um, make decisions sometimes to see what's truth and what's right. So sixes kind of hop around from to go from point of view to point of view to make sure that they're making the right decision. And their biggest fear is of being unsupported. Um, of not having that kind of guidance, of being alone and and having to trust their own thoughts. That's very scary, scary for a six. It's almost like being thrown into the deep end without floaties. I'll get back to this, but the six's counter type, it's usually called the uh, the counterphobic six, uh, is the most famous counter type of all the types, um, the most well known that it exists. But all types have a counter type. So let me jump to the seven really quickly. And you probably, if you've been watching back episodes or binge watching, you already know I'm a seven. You may have picked up a lot just from watching me of how a seven operates. But um, the seven's desire is to be content, to have contentment, to be happy, um, to have fun and to not be bored. And the their core fear is that boredom. The core fear is being trapped or being deprived of something that is fun or that will give them freedom. So um, freedom is a big word for sevens. Everybody wants freedom, right? However, for the seven, that is the the fixation. They don't really like to be trapped in a painful situation, in a in a situation where they don't have control to basically come and go as they please. So sometimes they get a reputation of being flighty or irresponsible, um, but unaware or average sevens don't even realize that that's what they're doing. It's a it's a real legitimate fear of fleeing from anything that will be uncomfortable, cause them pain, um, especially emotional, emotional discomfort. Sevens don't really mind physical discomfort. Uh, and I say that because I didn't even realize that about myself. I don't really like to inflict pain on myself, but I don't move as much. Like it won't move me to change or do something different. Physical pain won't prompt me as much as emotional pain will prompt me to react. Anyway, so to kind of step into that counter type conversation, uh, or you can tell me in a chat, did that, did that sit with you really well? Like if you, if you know your type, if you don't know your type, you, uh, that's okay as well. Um, we can have conversations inside of the group on that, but let me quickly touch on counter types and what that actually means. So um, there's the triads, there's the types, and then there's the subtypes. And when you're talking about the subtypes and the instincts, every number has three instincts, three subtypes that correlate to their survival instinct. And for each number, one of those instincts is considered the counter type. And what that means is that, yes, it's the same motivation. So let's take the six, for example, because I think that's the one that people are going to be most familiar with. You have a phobic six and you have a counterphobic six. Both phobic sixes and counterphobic sixes um, have that desire to have the guidance and have this fear of being unsupported. But the difference is, is that where the phobic six will run away from those things that make them feel fear, that make them feel insecure or make them feel like things are melting together and they can't separate the truth or, or just can't separate the facts. They run away from those things. Whereas a 
counterphobic sex runs towards the towards their fears. It runs towards the insecurity, might even create it just to prove that they're not afraid. So that's example for the for the counter six. And for each type, there is a counter type that follows that exact same pattern where instead of going toward for I can speak for a seven. So instead of me going toward my impulses, I tend to which is a regular seven non counter type. So a type seven would um, give in to their impulses. A counter type seven tends to resist the those impulses. Um, even though in my mind, I feel like I do that behaviorally, it still often comes out and looks that way. And so countertypes often mistype because the behaviors are different than the stereotypical type that you are researching at the time. So, uh, I just want to, I just want to bring it to people's attention. Like I said, at the beginning, the Enneagram is all about motivations There is a pattern of behaviors, but if you don't nail down these motivations that I just talked about on this cheat sheet, it can get really, really confusing. Tests are are really based off of motivations and I mean behaviors of what we can see and patterns that patterns that we can see. So if you really want to get to your true type as quickly as possible, you really are going to want to study the Enneagram. Either go to a Enneagram coach. I'm probably your favorite one. (laughs) Just kidding. I might not be, but I hope I am. Um, We can schedule something that's structured and formal where I'm asking you the proper questions that really help you dig deep to find out what your true type is. It's, It's great to know who you are. It's better to know why you are. It's more impactful to know why you are. You can, you can grow from that. I hope you enjoyed this throwback replay from Jen and the Enneagram. You can catch all of the episodes inside my free Facebook group. It's called Unboxing Your Enneagram. (laughs) And if you want to personally ask me a question about your type, you can post it in there. Or you can even send me a thoughtful DM on Instagram. I'm at PowerCoachJen on there. And I just want to encourage you to continue to unbox yourself. Why? Because when you unbox yourself, you can unleash your power. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and reviewing the Unbox Your Personality podcast. To learn more about yourself, go to powercoachgen.com. Find out how you are different so you can make your difference.